0: welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McClain. Today we're going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns 34-20 win over the Washington football team. Let's start with the team who won. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns. I think when you're looking at the Cleveland Brown offense, it definitely looks like it flows better than last year. You know, certainly not having a JV football coach Coaching your team certainly helps from the top down. And uh, you, c- you can tell that Stefanski kind of has them playing in a, lo- a lot better. A big part of that is that they have really improved the offensive line. The moves they made, bringing in J.C. Trotter and Wyatt Teller, bringing in Conklin and drafting Jaderic Wills have really paid off. Throw in health from Joel Betonio, and you've got a solid line there. And that is truly the foundation of this team, the way they're playing. They've showed us a couple of weeks in a row that when they're capable of running the ball and doing what they want to do on offense, they are capable of sustaining drives and they are capable of scoring points. So big points to the Cleveland Brown staff for bringing in this offensive line. Certainly, I think this team would be in trouble without it. It's definitely been one of the stronger units. And when your trenches are strong, you're able to do a lot of different things that you want to do and you're able to paper over some of the deficiencies you might have. And when we're talking about the Washington football team, we're talking about a pretty good defensive unit too. So it's not like they ran over some pushovers. They actually did a good job of running the ball. Now Washington did create pressure on Baker, had him moving around a bit, and didn't allow him to really get deep today. They also – did a good job of getting in the backfield and disrupting runs too. It's just that once Nick Chubb got going down the tracks, it was tough it was tough to stop that train and once Chase Young went out, it was a lot easier to block the defense as well in the pass blocking scenarios. you know they dedicated a couple of guys to Chase Young a couple of times in the first half when he was playing and then when he was out, it really hurt them as far as you know they were able to spread out the coverage and they weren't able to get to the quarterback as easily. So I don't really put the loss on the Washington defense either. They played pretty well. It's just once they got – once the offense couldn't sustain drives for them and once they were on the field enough, they'd had enough Nick Chubb and enough of the power running game of the Cleveland Browns because that's the other thing about this line is they were running a power running game when Nick Chubb was in there. They were were pulling. They were wearing people out. They were making holes. And I really like – I was really encouraged. It's not just that – they have better names is that it actually looks a lot better they're moving they're able to move a lot better than last year and when they're able to pass block a lot better too not exactly their strongest part of their game but but still baker's absolutely been given time it's just that this defense has solid pieces and we're able to get after him a bit and it showed in baker's performance speaking of baker mayfield you know if you were started him this week you might have been a little disappointed. Obviously, the numbers weren't quite there. The hundred and fifty-eight yards and the two touchdowns, when you're not getting a lot in the rushing game for a quarterback, that's gonna lead to a tough day, especially if you're especially if your passing touchdowns are only worth four. That's really not what you want out of your starting quarterback. However, Baker looked fine for the most part in the intermediate and short games. It was really he struggled to get the ball down the field deep to his receivers. You know, the throws weren't really there. Odell didn't really have a chance to go up and get anything. It's not that he's been really great down the field either in getting separation, but still the throws were errant when it went deeper than 15 yards or so, and it showed. If you watch a Baker highlight film of the throws he made, you'll notice that none of them were hardly down the field unless they were on the very edges. And that may speak to he's he is kind of short in the pocket a little bit. And maybe he's not seeing the ball over the middle as well. Maybe he's just not having a connection with the receivers is on the deep throws. I think that's something that's going to come once teams realize that they can't stop Nick Chubb without putting more people in the box. So there's going to be more over the top throws coming. So Just like with all these different games we're watching right now, the pendulum's going to swing a little bit in the other direction once these defenses get this tape and start loading up on the things that the Cleveland Browns do well. And I'll tell you, the thing I saw them do well today was power run the ball with Nick Chubb and then, Baker was able to make some throws and extend drives off that, but it still wasn't what I wanted to see from him downfield. It wouldn't be something I'd be excited about seeing if I had Odell Beckham either because he just isn't hitting him on a consistent enough basis to really get him into the wide receiver one territory. Now, the good news, unlike last year, this year Odell was not drafted like that. However, if you drafted him in the third or fourth round, you're still a little disappointed with what you've seen so far from both of them, from Baker and from Odell. But the, at least this year, the expectations were lowered, so the draft position was lowered, so you're not in as big a trouble as you would have been last year. Now, the offense is going to see better days. The passing game is going to have to throw the ball more than this. You know, Baker only had to throw the ball 24 times. So that's, what, that's part of what leads to, you know, lower passing totals is, hey, I'm not throwing the ball 40 or 50 times like a bigger fantasy day is typically for a pocket passer. And it's not that Baker is inaccurate, especially in the intermediate term. He, he shows above average, average accuracy in the, in the intermediate to short. But in the deeper throws, it seems like he's having to force it a little bit with his arm. And it seems like he's not able to see the middle of the field as much. So I think that's holding him back. And I think that's what's holding back Odell as well. And I think that's why in the past we may have seen Jarvis Landry get a little bit more run when he's healthy. Um, he didn't get it today. Like I said, there wasn't a lot to go around for the pass catching options, so that that let, bled down to everybody. Odell only had 58 yards. Jarvis Landry only had 36. Austin Hooper only had 28. And like I said, that's just not breaking something because they're not getting the ball deep down the field. If they're going to get the ball on a long catch at this point, they're going to have to break it themselves. And uh, Odell, that's not his strong suit. He's good at running away from people. He's good at getting separation. And he's good at catching the ball at the high point and using his catch radius to make good catches. He's just not getting catchable balls in the deep game right now. So we'll look for Baker to get more accurate there. That would be a big boon to his value. He's probably a quarterback three right now. But uh, if you're in a quarterback two league, you might be starting him. You're probably going to have better days than this. There are probably going to be days where they're not going to be up like this and able to run the ball as well as they did today, although that is something I think is sustainable for a good deal. It does just lower Baker's overall cap. You know, he's just not going to be able to get as high as you'd want for a quarterback number one or likely a a top-end quarterback number two on most weeks. But, you know, if you have him, certainly okay with that. It's just you got to temper your expectations. I mentioned Odell. I mentioned the passing yards, too. You know, I'm not buying Odell right now at a second or third round value, not a top 20, not a top 30 player. I'm thinking a little bit later, he may be a buy low target, but you still have to buy low for the right values. And if you are buying low thinking he's going to go back and be old Odell, I don't think the offense is really set up for that. And I don't think when Baker isn't really doing a whole lot down the field as much as some of the quarterbacks I've been watching, I think that's going to cap his overall upside in the same way that that Haskins caps the upside some on the other side of the ball. Of course, we'll get into Haskins. It's kind of an up-and-down day for him, and, I, and there is some hope there. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, – I don't want to paint it as a doom-and-gloom situation. But uh, let's finish up with the Cleveland Browns. So we're not recommending buying low on Odell necessarily, although if the price gets low enough, you know, everybody has a price. not really excited about Jarvis Landry as a starter either, whether that be all the way down to the flex starts, I'm probably not excited. They'll both have better days. Absolutely, they're going to have to throw the ball more. It's just a question of how much more and how often do they have to do so. So let's talk about the main event for the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about the running game. As I spoke to before, the line is much improved. And with the coaching change to Kevin Stefanski, he has more of a Minnesota Vikings vision last year for this offense. And that means that Nick Chubb is the Dalvin. What I mean by that is he is going to be the lead back. He's going to be the one that carries the load for the most part. And he's the one that is going to be responsible to be featured in the running game to make this offense go. Because if they're not running the ball and they have to put the whole thing on Baker's shoulders, that's going to be an issue. As a matter of fact, we've already seen that. We saw it against the Baltimore Ravens, and it wasn't pretty. So we'll need to see more from the running game to be able to feed the rest of the offense. And that comes from an improved offensive line. Kudos once again. And then Nick Chubb running extremely downhill and extremely angry. I loved what I saw from Nick Chubb. I wasn't encouraged that they used Kareem Hunt so much, you know, 19 to 16 in the carry department, plus you throw in the two catches versus the one catch for Nick Chubb, and that's a lot more equal than I would like the touches to be in this timeshare. The thing is, Nick Chubb is able to do so much with his rushing touches that it's hard to sell him as a running back number one. I've been trying all week to muster the courage to sell high on Nick Chubb. And after I watched the game, I know that would have been a mistake because the Cleveland offense does not work without him running the ball correctly. They were really given some opportunities by the Washington football team offense, at turnovers and the like, and they took advantage of those, but they really seemed to be able to sustain drives when Nick Chubb was moving downhill. And then once the defense had eyes on that, that's when they were able to go to other places and do other things, and that's why the offense goes. It was painfully obvious that when Kareem Hunt was running the ball on this day, that it wasn't as dynamic, that he wasn't able to get downhill as downhill as Nick Chubb is, and I think Nick Chubb would have done a lot more with some of the carries that Kareem Hunt has. However, Kareem Hunt is shiftier, he is better at catching the ball, and they are going to use him. I just hope that they realize that they need to use Nick Chubb to make the offense go, and really, these carries were more of a function of saving Nick Chubb than really thinking that Kareem Hunt is his equal, because he's not. He might be a better pass catcher, and he might be more of a plus in the receiving game, but he is not Nick Chubb's equal, period. And I think they know that. And I do think that a lot of this was, a lot of the carries were at the very end for Kareem Hunt, and it was really, they were up 14 already. The game was kind of in hand, and they just kind of let Kareem Hunt run it out instead of you know, using up their Nick Chubb because they know they need Nick Chubb to last the season. Otherwise, they they know that they're in trouble because they're going to re- lean on the running game heavily. They need to. They've got the line to do so if everybody stays healthy. And I hope they keep it up because I don't think I'd sell Nick Chubb. I think I'm buying. It's just you, it's hard to buy him after an opportunity like this, the score of the two touchdowns and the like. So you're probably just holding. But still, way on board with Nick Chubb. I don't think that is his ceiling yet either, because if Kareem Hunt were to go down and he is getting enough touches where he's vulnerable to that, then Nick Chubb would automatically vault into a top five running back because if he gets all the goal line carries, if he gets more opportunities in the passing game, look out because he's going to be a monster. So clearly uh, I'm running on the Nick Chubb train here. Let's move over to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Washington football team. You know, Washington made some moves on the line this year, too, and they haven't worked out quite as well. It's too bad that they really lost touch with Trent Williams and Trent Williams was adamant on no longer playing for them because the biggest problem that this team has is not Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is young and he absolutely needs to grow as a quarterback and as a pocket passer. Duh. He's a rookie getting thrown into the fire. That's going to happen, and there's going to be times where he flashes, and there's going to be times where he looks foolish. That's every rookie quarterback. Peyton Manning held the all-time records for interceptions until last year at 26 as a rookie because he made bad decisions. The game is so much faster, and you, and you don't really realize it. You think you can make that throw you've always been making, and it's not quite there yet. The biggest problem is, the, is Dwayne Haskins' blind side. He's getting pressure from that blind side. He's getting sacked from that blind side. And he's not skilled enough to feel that pressure and to be able to do something about it. And when he and it's making him a little gun shy. And if you really want to screw him up, Washington football teams, make a quarterback gun shy. It's one of the worst things you can do to a quarterback. And right now, the left tackle is getting them killed on a per play basis. It's really not good. And they took advantage. Cleveland saw it. They kept. They put Miles Garrett on him. He made the big sack at the very end. There was multiple times he was getting chased from that side. And it really affected them in a bunch of different ways. They couldn't pass it down the field as much. They couldn't run the ball like they wanted to. It was just not good. So it's too bad they couldn't have mended those fences for the sake of Dwayne Haskins and the rest of those offense. But I think we know what they'll be drafting next year unless they get Trevor Lawrence and to decide to bail on Dwayne Haskins. I don't think this team is bad enough for that. They're too good on defense and they have too many weapons. I don't think they, they're going to bottom out quite as bad as people think. Now, that's if the injury bug doesn't bite them like it can. So let's temper that comment. But still, I think this team is better than people give them credit for. It's just that the line on the left side, the right side's been okay, but fine. It's the left side that's getting him killed. I don't want to rail on that for 30 more minutes, so let's move on. Let's talk about the Cleveland defense. It hasn't been an exemplary unit yet. It absolutely has pieces. Miles Garrett has been a beast this year. He absolutely looks like he's worth the contract he signed to keep him in Cleveland. When you can keep your players in your Cleveland, that's a huge deal. You know, you see teams make free agent signings all the time. That's not necessarily a good indication that you're keeping your own talent though. If you're able to make a bunch of signings like the Jets did, they're not drafting and signing their own players to contracts, so they're signing the leftovers from other people's teams, and that's why their team is garbage right now. Let's talk about Dwayne Haskins. 21 for 37, 224 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, who sacked three times. It wasn't a good day for him, and the stats kind of bear that out. But I have to say, after watching Dwayne closely a couple of times, he has NFL talent. He absolutely has NFL talent. It's not that he's slow, but he's not fast either. He's, but he's capable of moving. And he's capable of moving within the pocket as well and making throws because he is a big dude. And he does have a big frame. So I think there's stuff to work with with this guy. They just got to keep him upright. They got to have better weapons. Just the whole nine yards. They need be- they need better. And they know they're in a rebuild. So they need to know themselves and they need to protect this guy because he actually does have something. It's just he's young and he doesn't have the experience yet to really take advantage of the things that they're giving him. Now where he is taking advantage is in this intermediate passing game. He's making those throws. He's making those reads. And he's giving his receivers the ball with a chance to run with it in those ranges. And that's the most encouraging thing about him is the accuracy in those ways. He's allowing Terry McLaurin to run. He's allowing his weapons to do stuff when they have the ball. When Antonio Gibson catches the ball or McKissick, they are able to run with it because he's getting them good balls for the most part. Now, they're not all beautiful, but they've got spiral and they've got some zip So I think it's something they can work with. And I think it's something the weapons on this team can work with too. They just got to keep him upright and they got to have the defense put them in position to score. And I think the defense has the capability to do that. They just need to have Chase Young not go down with a groin injury. That was really bad and it really took something out of them. So we'll hope for his speedy recovery, although groins aren't the easiest injury to come back from. So we're encouraged by Dwayne, but we're not starting him in any format unless you have to. He's probably going to have up-and-down performances, so we're not really looking forward to that. But if you're a Washington football team fan, I, I want you to not be so doom and gloom because he definitely has talent, and I think there's stuff for him to build on. So let's not put Malik Smith in there. Let's not shy away from him unless he's just getting the snot beat out of him. So no dumpster fire for Dwayne means... Terry McLaurin is capable of being a wide receiver one for someone. Now, I don't think I'd be excited about having him as my wide receiver one because of the up and down play. I just think it's a situation you can live with. Maybe if you have another good option as your second wide receiver, then you can really feel good about that. Maybe if he's your first, you're trying to upgrade there. But Terry's going to get loose on this in this offense. He's fast. He's dynamic with the ball. And... The Browns just did a good job of keeping on him today. That's the only problem is they're kind of bereft of other weapons. So when they try and take Terry McLaurin away, either with Denzel Ward or with double teams or whatever it is, that's a problem for the offense. And it was partially also because Dwayne was under duress too, but at the same time, it's a problem for Terry that it's a little up and down, but I can tell you with some certainty that with Terry McLaurin healthy, he is absolutely capable of doing what he's been doing so far. And that's good performances mixed in with some mediocre performances. And that's what probably makes him a wide receiver too, but a very startable one. And they're going to have to go to him. They know that they struggled because they weren't able to get him the ball today. They know they're going to have to get more creative with that. And I think they have the capability to do so. I just need to see more of it before I'm able to really get hype on Terry McLaurin right now, I'm just kind of regular hype. So he's a hold if he's your wide receiver too. Maybe I'm not going and running and trying to get after him, but if he's in a trade, I'm not shying away from him either because he actually has something, but he's the only one in the passing game I'm excited about. Absolutely the only one I'm excited about. And if he leaves, there's nobody stepping up for that. I don't care if John Dontrell Inman scored two touchdowns. He may get in a super deep league. Okay, fine. But... As your flex, you're in trouble. I don't like that at all. If they have a worse day in the passing game than this, if they play a tougher defense than Cleveland, because Cleveland is just kind of middle of the road to above the middle of the road, then there could be trouble here. Let's move on to the final part of this game. Let's move on to the Washington rushing attack. Antonio Gibson started to get drafted as the draft season wore on a little bit higher. That was more indicative of the lack of running backs really to draft at that point in the draft that really had any upside, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th round, it really starts to get low on running backs. So if you didn't go early and you're looking for something and Antonio really started to sneak up boards and he has the talent. So going into this, I wanted to hate JD McKissick. I really did. I wanted to not like him, but the way they're splitting things and the way JD McKissick looks when he gets the ball, I don't think that's going away either. They both look really good. That's the problem. They are they're not indiscernible. I can totally tell who is who when they're running, but they absolutely both have something. McKissick does a little bit more with the speed, Antonio does it a little bit more with the shiftiness, but they're kind of interchangeable for Washington. Washington should love that, Banish the owner should hate that. Right now, that makes them both kind of a lottery ticket should either one go down, the other one should be good to go because the other running options aren't capable of producing what they are capable of producing and they would have to lean on the other one going forward. So I didn't want to love JD McKissick, but I liked liked the way he looked and it's not going away. They're going to use both of them and there's going to be targets though. There's going to be carries. It's going to tantalize you until one of them goes down. So if you have to start Antonio Gibson as your flex, I think I'd still be starting him, mainly because he's getting the goal line carries for the most part. He's found the end zone twice, and I love to see that. And he's done well with the carries he's gotten and the touches he's gotten. It's just that so is J.D. McKissick, and I didn't want that to be the case. It it hurts me more than it hurts you to say that. Trust me. So lottery tickets for those two. We'll look for more production and see if they decide to lean one way or another more heavily, but right now it's a pretty even split, so we'll see what they can do with that, and we'll just hope for more if you drafted Antonio Gibson, and then look for J.D. McKissick should something happen to Gibson. Well, that's all I've got for this game, guys. It was a fun game to watch. I look forward to seeing more from these teams. I always worry about these type of teams, that they might be a dumpster fire by the end of the year and that I won't enjoy watching them. But with everybody healthy right now and with the way they're both looking, I'm excited to see them again. And I'm excited to talk to y'all again. Comment, review, subscribe, listen. Let me know what I can do to help y'all win your league. Have a great day.